When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. You can also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take on NFL Salary Cap and Contract Matters. Uh, today we're going to take a look at the plight of the running back. 2023 has been a terrible year for the running back. Um, the latest bad news for running backs was yesterday, which was the deadline for players getting a franchise tag to sign long-term deals. There are three running backs that were franchised. Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs. None of them got long-term deals. This means they cannot sign a long-term deal until the end of the 2023 regular season. The regular season ends on January 7, 2024. The three other players that were given franchise tags, Lamar Jackson, Deron Payne, and Evan Ingram, got long-term deals. But Everything went sideways for the running back all throughout this year, particularly once the league year started. Um, at the end of the 22 regular season, 2022 regular season, I should say, there were eight running backs with contracts averaging $12 million per year or more. They were Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb. Those are four that are there right now. You've had four guys that were a part of the eight who no longer are. Ezekiel Elliott was released by the Cowboys. Dalvin Cook, last month, got released by Minnesota Vikings. Aaron Jones took a pay cut early in the offseason to stay in Green Bay. He's supposed to make $16 million in 2023. Chopped that down to 11 Then Joe Mixon, last Friday, took a pay cut. I believe he was supposed to make $9.4 million, now making six. In base salary, timing couldn't have been any worse for the franchise running backs. You got the deadline Tuesday for them to do a deal. Then you got Mixon taking a pay cut Friday. You know, Jacobs and Barkley in particular are thinking, dude, could you have waited until Tuesday to do this? Now, compounding the problem is that in free agency, nobody got paid. Is a running back. Miles Sanders, career year in Philadelphia. Rushed for 1,269 yards, had 11 rushing touchdowns, was fifth in the league in rushing, eight in rushing touchdowns with the Eagles last year. Contract he signs, four years, $25.64 million to go to Carolina. Deal averages $6.35 million per year. It's $13 million fully guaranteed at signing. Now, the next best deal in free agency went to David Montgomery. He goes from the Bears to the Detroit Lions. $18 million over three years. 
11 million in guarantees, 8.75 million fully guaranteed at signing. $6 million per year deal. So running backs are getting the short end of the stick right now. And this is not something that is new in the NFL. Um, running back salaries have not kept pace with the growth that other positions have had. Now, Chris McCaffrey is the highest paid running back in the NFL. Three years ago, April 2020, signs a four-year contract extension averaging $16,015,853 per year. He had $39,162,500 in total guarantees. $30,062,500 is fully guaranteed at signing. That's three years ago. The last running back to sign a long-term deal for over $10 million per year or more was Nick Chubb in 2021. And that's when Chubb signed for $12.2 million um, per year. You don't see that at other positions. At running back in 2011, you had two running backs which were making over $13 million per year. You had Adrian Peterson at just a shade over $14.2 million per year with the Minnesota Vikings on the extension he signed. And that was he got that right after uh, Chris Johnson um, signed an extension with the uh, Titans, and he held out to get it um, for a shade under $13.5 million per year. They were among the highest-paid non-quarterbacks in the NFL. Highest-paid non-quarterback was a wide receiver. That was Larry Fitzgerald, whose deal averaged just a little over $16.1 million per year. If you look at... And how much the cap has gone up um, in that time. It's gone up basically 87% from when um, you had Adrian Peterson um, signed in 2011. The cap was $120.375 million then. Now it's $224.8 million. That's about 87%. Now, the running back salary, McCaffrey, highest paid guy, Peterson was then, that's just under 13%. Running back salaries have not kept pace with growth in the cap. Let's look at wide receiver. Wide receiver last year, that market exploded in a way you didn't see. You had four $20 million per year not wide receivers uh, at the end of the 2021 regular season. Right now, you got 13 of them. So most all those guys filled in the blanks last year. And that's it was 14 before DeAndre Hopkins got released. So you had major growth in the wide receiver market. The running back market has stayed stagnant, haven't had a big deal in two years. So if I'm a running back, (laughs) I understand (laughs) why you had multiple running backs yesterday uh, venting their frustration um, about their plight. I sympathize with them, but I'm not sure what's going to be done. Uh, which can help them because yesterday some of these were response to ESPN's Matt Matt Miller saying something that I've kind of advocated at times. He said draft a running back, play the running back if he's good, franchise a running back one time, then draft a running back. Rinse, wash, repeat. Now, I've kind of put it this way when I've been giving some interviews. I said if I was a team, I'd be hard-pressed to pay a running back. I'd have to pay the right running back. Um, he'd have to be a dual threat guy. If I was going to pay him at the highest level, he'd have to be a dual threat guy. 
someone who's going to have receiving ability in addition to uh, bring some of the passing game in addition to being my lead running back, a three-down back. I exaggerated and kind of said this in jest, but he would have to have the power of Jim Brown, the elusiveness of Barry Sanders, the pass-catching ability of Marshall Falk, and the speed of Chris Johnson. Obviously, that guy's never existed, but you kind of get my drift. But yesterday, there's some things running backs were saying. If you're good enough, they'll find you. This is Jonathan Taylor. If you work hard enough, you'll succeed. If you succeed, you boost the organization, and then doesn't matter. You're a running back. Christian McCaffrey, this is criminal. Three of the best players in the entire league, regardless of position. Derrick Henry, at this point, just take the running back position out of the game. The ones that want to be great work as hard as they can, give their all to an organization. It just seems like it don't even matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they reserve, what they deserve. Austin Eckler, in response to that tweet, this is the kind of trash that has artificially devalued one of the most important positions in the game. Everyone knows this tough to one about a top running back, yet they act like we're discardable widgets. I support any running back doing what it takes to get his bag. Najee Harris, I agree with my running back brothers around the NFL. History will show that you will need running backs to win. We set the tone every game and run through walls for our team and lead in many ways. This notion we deserve less is a joke. There's not a lot that's going to be done. The collective bargaining agreement runs through this decade. <laughs> it was a 10-year collective bargaining agreement. There have been people who've said, oh, we need to have special rules or a special union for running backs. Well, it is the NFLPA, the exclusive bargaining agent or for the players, to represent the entire constituency. Running backs are just a small constituency. You're not going to be able to get something done special for running backs because, one, the NFL has no motivation to do it. And in order for the NFL to be motivated to do that, the union would have to give up some concession which would most likely be detrimental to the masses. Not going to happen. There have been people saying, oh, we should have running back rules changed so they can sign a new contract after two years. Not going to happen either. Um, it used to be prior to the Ricky Wade scale in 2011, all draft picks could sign new contracts after two years. For sake of argument, let's say that you got this special exemption where running backs could sign new deals after two years if they're draft picks. Knowing that you potentially could pay a guy after the second year would probably lead to fewer running backs being drafted high in the first place, which doesn't happen very often to begin with. So it's about as likely that something's going to happen for running backs as it is that suggestion that there should be a quarterback exception to the salary cap. That's not happening either. So you can throw that out the window. Now, part of the problem has been the running backs that have gotten paid haven't provided teams the return on investment they were looking for. And we can just go back to some of the more recent ones. There are enough cautionary tales out there. Le'Veon Bell, when he went to the Jets in free agency, and he's the last running back to get paid. He signed a four-year deal averaging $13.125 million per year, maxed out at 60 of incentives. He made it about a season and a half in New York before they cut him. He didn't work out. Todd Gurley? They paid him after his third year. 
in the NFL. And Gurley was fraught with some problems to me. He was coming into the league with a knee problem. Tore his ACL in his last year at Georgia, which led to the emergence of Nick Chubb as a freshman, which at the time made me think, not knowing how good Nick Chubb was, but I'm like, is Nick Chubb that good? Because he's basically doing what Todd Gurley's doing. So... I don't know if it's the offense or he's got another special back, but Gurley came in for torn ACL, still went 10th in the draft, which was remarkable. Wouldn't happen today at that position. He got paid before Aaron Donald got paid. Aaron Donald had to hold out after his third year to get paid. Got nothing, except he had to play in his fourth year of his contract. Was holding out at the time when Todd Gurley got paid. He eventually got paid that same offseason in 2018, but Ty Gurley never played any of the new years under, under his contract. David Johnson with the Cardinals led the uh, NFL in yards from scrimmage one year. Got paid $13 million per year, 39 over three. Maxed out at 45 um, with all the escalators and incentives. And they ended up trading him to Houston because he never lived up to that one great year he had. Ezekiel Elliott. Held out after his third year. Got paid. His best years were before he got paid. And the reason he got cut, he had his worst year of his career last year. Costanary Tales have made um, NFL teams gun-shy and reluctant to pay running backs. You also have the fact that the NFL is increasingly a pass-happy league. So... Quarterback has always been central or the most valuable player on offense. He's more important. It being a pass-happy league, pass-centric, receivers now have more value. Also, for some of these teams, you got the emergence of the running quarterback that is taking away uh, carries from running backs. Like Lamar Jackson's a 1,000-yard rusher. Justin Fields is. Daniel Jones is extremely mobile. So is Josh Allen. So you don't have statues back there um, at quarterback like the recently retired Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Quarterback position has evolved where you pretty much need um, a mobile quarterback. So that's factoring in the equation. Plus teams are more likely to go running back by committee. And supply and demand. You have more talented running backs than there is demand for four running backs. Um, So that factors in the equation. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We have seen this before. Running backs did have a downturn um, after Adrian Peterson and Chris Johnson got paid in 2011. Um, the low point was 2017. Um, running back salaries had started declining over that time to the point where you didn't have any $10 million per year running backs on multi-year contracts. Um, the highest paid guy was Devonta Freeman. He was averaging $8.25 million per year when he signed the deal in 2017. Then the trend started reversing in 2018 with Todd Gurley. Um, 
I don't know if that happens again. Um, but the one guy who could do it, I keep your eyes on Jonathan Taylor. Um, if there is going to be a reversal or someone who's going to help uh, stem the tide, stop the bleeding with uh, running back salaries, it's going to be him. Um, Jonathan Taylor is in a contract year. He'll be a free agent after the year. He was a second-round pick in 2020. In 2021, he led the NFL with uh, 2,171 yards from scrimmage, had 1,811 rushing yards, 2020 total touchdowns, 18 rushing touchdowns. He run the rushing title by 552 yards, averaging 5.5 yards per carry. It's coming off of the worst year of his career, career low 861 rushing yards behind an underperforming offensive line featuring Quentin Nelson, a guard who was considered the best guard in football, then had the worst year of his career. So you've got a running back coming off of the worst year of his career in a contract year. In this climate, not a recipe for getting paid. But there are a couple things working in his favor. Uh, the Colts typically will sign core players to contracts in the final year of a rookie deal. And the Colts aren't going to have a high-priced quarterback for quite a while. Anthony Richardson was taken with the fourth overall pick. He's going to play this year. He's considered to be a work in progress. Um, but the best friend of a quarterback that's going to develop is a strong running game. So they could actually pay Jonathan Taylor from the standpoint that you don't have the high-priced quarterback to contend with, and by the time that you have to can have to pay Richardson, if he is their long-term solution at quarterback, Jonathan Taylor's deal will be over or practically over. Now, it'll be interesting to see if he gets an extension, or he's in the same boat as Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. Now. Barkley in particular is the one that I thought would get done. Um, they'd started negotiating in November, tried to get a deal done before the uh, tag deadline couldn't. The Giants pulled the offer after that, and things uh, re- reignited recently. Um, from talking to people today, here's what I got. The, the Giants... They're offering $13 million per year back in March. That they upped the guarantees, and the guarantees were in the $22 million per year neighborhood um, in the contract. And if you play on two franchise tags, it's going to be $22.2 million. And But they lowered the average to like the 11 to 11.5 neighborhood, but add escalators in there. Now, if you're going to get a deal done, it isn't going to be by having the average less than what it was, which offered me a few months ago. I know the market has changed. And you are well within your rights to take that into consideration. But he's never going to accept that. You're going to have to, you know, if you kept it at 13 and moved the guarantees to the 22, 23 range, you probably had a deal. Now, seems to me the Giants are trying to win the negotiation. Now, there's a school of thought that an agent friend of mine told me uh, recently. It makes a lot of sense that, what is a right or fair deal is a deal where both sides are equally uncomfortable or close to equally uncomfortable. That means they're both going to places they really don't want to go. 
And to me, in this Giants situation, it's more, Saquon's more uncomfortable than the Giants. Now, that being said, if you're running back, maybe the traditional rules can go out the window, given this climate. Because you play, let's, let's for Saquon, let's say you play out this year, because I don't think either he or Josh Jacobs are going to sit out the entire year. I don't expect either one of them to show up training camp on time. They can't get fined. They'll eventually come in, sign their tender, and play out the year. I don't see either one of them missing $560,000 of a game check to go into the regular season. That doesn't help them at all financially. But even though Saquon's in a better position to do that, because Saquon's made almost $38.5 million in his five years, whereas Josh Jacobs is slightly under twelve, so... He could have, he's in a better financial position to take a hit on a game check or two. Now, let's say both these guys go out and have great years. As a running back, are you really going to improve your market value? What's going to happen most likely is they're going to go, hey, well, that's, you played well, that's great, but that's another year of mileage. You're, you're older. You're more of a risk. You've got a shorter shelf life than the other position. One of the wheels going to fall off. So, Maybe for a running back, it's a structure you don't like, but it's better than your alternative, which is playing on the tag. And if history is any indication, because the last running back to really get paid was Le'Veon Bell, and that didn't go well. And you saw what happened with Miles Sanders this year. What are you really going to be worth next year? It may be your saving grace to get a franchise tag a second time. But I feel for the running backs, but also understand why teams are doing what they're doing. They're allocating cash and cap dollars to other positions. And I don't think it's really going to change anytime soon. I don't think either one of these guys will break the bank if they're in free agency in 2024. Your best bet is to get paid by your own team. And Jonathan Taylor may be the one who can help stem the tide. Well, that's going to be it for uh, this week's Inside the Cap. Uh, don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. You can also read my regular CBSSports.com, Agent State, on NFL salary cap and contract matters. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time. Goodbye.